Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. And uh, we are sitting in the uh, studio here at Grandview Church in Kitchener, uh, where we meet each week to do these podcasts. And we think about things together. And today, Stan, we're going to think about the responsibility or the privilege or the duty of the pastor uh, to weigh in on politics. What does that look like? We're warned against it all the time. There's a separation from church and state mentality that tends to say politics should not rear its head in the church, stick to the Bible. But does there come a time when faithful pastors have to sound political? Well, we only talk about non-controversial things, don't we? As usual. Yeah, indeed. But it's highly relevant right now. Uh, I think in at a number of levels with regard to a number of different issues. Um, and, and I think you and I would agree, we, we certainly want to avoid pretending that the pastor has some kind of special political wisdom about every kind of political issue. And I mean, it's easy to, it's easy to dive into that and to make a really bad mistake. I mean, I I remember, for example, as a boy back in middle America, my pastor railing against liberal preachers who were always talking about politics. Mm -hmm. And then my pastor would turn around and make political statements. Problem was, the liberals were Democrats and he was a Republican. Um, that, That was really the difference. But... But there are a lot of political questions where we simply don't have a word from God, right? And we, it's a, there are prudential judgments. Uh, you know, different people may have the same good goals in mind, but different opinions about how to get there. But sometimes there are issues where, frankly, there is a clear word from God. And, and pastors who have a responsibility to teach God's people and equip God's people to live faithfully in their time and place, may need to say, here, you need to think about the implications Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the Word of God, Christian discipleship, with regard to this issue. When it's really clear, Mm -hmm. when we can speak with, with that kind of authority. Now, we're right now in the midst of of a lot of churches forcing issues that do have political uh, aspects, and and they're not all in the same category. I would suggest, but but one one that you and I have both addressed mm-hmm. in in various ways. Right now in Canada is Bill C six, the bill to ban conversion therapy. By the way, I don't know if you saw it, a bill almost exactly like it is making its way into law in one state of Australia. Yeah. Um, so it's happening here and there and who knows where else. That bill, in the, in the preamble to that bill, the very premise of the bill is there's, there is no such thing as a normal sexual orientation or sense of gender identity and and the bill is intended to keep Canadians 
from being counseled that they need to they need to fit a standard but if we take scripture seriously we do have mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. god the purposeful creator made us the way we are and there is a clear standard so on, a, on mm-hmm. an issue like that and so when the bill may well force the church to blunt its witness mm-hmm. And, and deny what we believe, that does become an issue. So, so you have read a statement publicly about it. So tell me a little about, about your own thinking about, about why you would say, yes, that needs to be done. Well, I wasn't the first to do it. And as you know, you're an elder of our church. I brought this before the elders because I didn't want to veer off into a tangent like some of my friends have. I think I, I, I do have that impulse in me. Uh, because I'm upset I'm con- and I'm concerned about mm-hmm. this thing. But the reason why I brought it to the elders and requested that a statement be read was because I think our people are asking for it, for one thing. Jesus said, mm-hmm. you're, you're, I'm sending you out uh, as uh, the sheep among wolves. And he said, you need to be shrewd. And so I think we need to understand what's happening in our culture, what's behind what's happening, if for no other reason than to know how to speak and to know how to pray. Um, and we do have leverage in as much as we live in a democracy where part of our duty as good citizens is to, at the very least, vote or write letters or even to protest is, is, a, is a duty that we can perform. And so... I think if we're going to be good citizens, if we're going to seek the welfare of the city, then it's legitimate for the church, uh, without being, um, uh, without party politics, let's put it that way, but just to look at a specific issue and to deal with that issue independent of who's bringing it to the floor. I just felt it was the right thing for us to do, and the people in our church were very grateful for that. I don't think that anyone thinks that Grandview at this point has crossed the line into party politics. No, I appreciate what you did, and we did discuss it as elders, and I think we made the right choice. I, and and uh, as you say, on, on an issue like Bill C-6, the bill— can very readily be interpreted to mean you and I cannot say to someone, certainly not to a youth, you know, you ought not live out those mm-hmm. same-sex desires because God has, has created human sexuality for other purposes than mm-hmm. that. And it, it it might criminalize that. And so... To speak about that bill is to speak about an action by the government that might, in fact, um, limit our ability mm-hmm. to be faithful to God's revelation of, of his will. And so it becomes important. And that one's clear. But, you know, in, in our current situation, with the pandemic restrictions, there, there's, there's another way in which some churches are speaking politically, and that is they are addressing the question of the lockdowns and the restrictions and and whether they are right or not. I would argue that's a very different kind of political question. The lockdowns may not be the right way, yeah. the best way to deal with our situation. 
the the restrictions may be overbearing, and I actually I suspect they are. Mm-hmm. I I have a whole lot of questions about mm-hmm. about the wisdom, especially because the 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 scientists don't agree. The scientific yeah. experts are not all on the same page. But if we try to weigh into that, we're we don't have a word from God about the the right way to bring restrictions in to right. deal with the pandemic. But did you read the Gospel Coalition's response? I'm sure you did. I did. Uh, and I, I like what they said. They say you you who are making decisions, who are listening to a lot of good counsel, you need to hear our counsel. And this is our counsel to you as, they didn't use the word social worker, but we're dealing with people who are suffering from this and think long and hard about the implications of a total lockdown and to get get to it as soon as you can uh, to un, uh, loosening up our, our society. And I think that's as probably as far as we can go because we don't have a word from God, but we do have something to say. And if the government listens to the, the various voices, they're going to have the best counsel that they can get. Yeah, in, indeed. I, I mean, I wholeheartedly affirm that. There is, there is something to be said. Sometimes the something to be said about a political issue uh, to God's people may be to help them understand that good people can come to different conclusions on a particular political issue. That has its own value mm-hmm. because that has the value of reminding us as believers that our unity is found in Christ and the gospel, not in a particular political ideology or our view on, a, on what may be a very important political issue, but it, but it may be one where good people can come to different conclusions, right. and we need to teach that. Um, amen. It would be difficult for me, though, to imagine evangelicals who do not think and feel as we do about Bill C-6. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't, I don't see how any Christian of any tradition who, who accepts the authority of a biblical view of human sexuality— That's a narrow to, tradition, to by the way. Well, it is. It's narrowing. That's true. But conservative evangelicals have—we've we've, we've ended up in the same boat with conservative Catholics, for example, on that point. But— not only that, I mean, Orthodox Jews, Muslims, mm-hmm. share the same perspective on, on, on human sexuality, and we need to recognize that. There are a lot of people who ought to be concerned about Bill C-6. But, so I think it, it does provide a useful test case to say, yes, sometimes God's revealed truth so clearly impinges on a political discussion, so, so has such totally clear political implications that we are called to, to help God's people understand that mm-hmm. and, and find a, a good way to respond in, in view of that. And as you say, we live in a democracy where we have the opportunity to um, challenge government decisions we have the we have the opportunity to say here's why we don't think this proposed law is is a good choice mm-hmm. 
And you and I have both done that with our MPs. Mm -hmm. What I got was a tone-deaf response, I have to admit. I mean, I, I wrote to my MP and said, look, here's the great problem that this bill creates. It's yeah. built on a premise people like me can't affirm. And the answer I got was, well, you should appreciate this is one of the most progressive pieces of legislation in the world today. Yeah, it's progressing in the wrong way to what? You know, I, in our meeting that we had, 12, 1,300 leaders uh, with the, what's the name of the group again that we were uh, part of? Canadian Religious Freedom Summit. Okay. Uh, was it Jonathan Griffiths who opened it up? He's the pastor of the yes. Metropolitan Church in Ottawa. I like what he said about it being a gospel issue. Um, essentially, the, the gospel message is a message to repent. It's a message to sinners to repent. And what this legislation is saying is that you need to uh, cut out from that message people who are sinning in this particular way, don't call them to repentance, rather affirm them. And we just can't do that. We call everybody to repentance. And so his point was that this is a gospel issue. We cannot be indifferent. It's not simply teaching the Christian way of life. It affects the gospel. Yeah, I thought that was one of the high points of that afternoon, actually. I think Jonathan made a very valuable point there. Um, we are not loving people if we fail to call them to repent of their rebellion mm -hmm. against the Creator and their rebellion against Jesus, who is Lord. It, that's not love. Love involves calling people to repent and believe the good news, that there's both forgiveness and transformation in Christ. And if we aren't able to identify those areas where repentance is required, then, then we aren't able to preach the fullness of the gospel. Do you think that we'll ever get a sympathetic ear and that the government might say, you know, you're right, you are loving, uh, and we're so sorry for uh, telling you not to be so loving. How could we be so dull? Do you think we're going to get something like that? <sighs> Boy, I, I wish I... I'm, I'm normally sort of an optimistic guy. I wish my optimism really could rise to the surface Well, what's there. the best that we could expect? I think the best we could expect would be, would be to get the government to recognize that its, its responsibility is, is limited in certain ways. And what it ought to seek is, is the peaceful coexistence of, of Canadians who have diverse opinions about many of these things. So I, I'm not asking for homosexuality to be recriminalized as it was before 1969. I'm asking that we, we adopt what others and I have called a principled pluralism that says we, we need to recognize that if, if you exclude from public life, for example, people who affirm a traditional Christian sexual ethic, you're, you're going to be excluding from public life very valuable people. We can, we can live together in a civil manner, e even with our disagreements. But something like Bill C-6 is not saying we have to treat people of various sexual orientations with respect. It's imposing a, a dogma 
about sexuality that that we and a lot of other Canadians simply can't affirm. I think the government needs to say, you know something, we need to find a way to allow you to be who you are, disagreeing with what may be the cultural majority, but we need to allow you to be faithful to your understanding of and, truth. And their judgment of us might be, you guys, you're haters. You're haters, but it's democracy. You're allowed to hate who you like. Well, that, that's where it's gone, and, and they're, now, they're now saying that. I mean, it was only last, when? June, when in an email exchange with a university professor, he said to me, your view of sexuality is no more to be tolerated than is white supremacist Mm -hmm. views. So that's where we are. That's where we are, but by God's grace, that's not where we're going to remain. Uh, God's church is the body of Christ to speak gospel truth into a society that desperately needs it. And I just pray, if you're listening, that you'll be encouraged to bring this before the Lord, bring it before your people, and uh, let's pray that God will be merciful to us with regards to Bill C-6. And politics more generally. Amen. Thanks for listening. I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.